Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. What should you post on LinkedIn? It seems like this is the age-old question that there's many answers to, but no one can actually agree on one. Is video the best? Written posts? Graphics? Articles? Links? What actually works on LinkedIn? Well, on this week's episode of Growth Hack, we interview Alex Miner, the Chief Creative Officer at IAM Media. It's Alex's job to make sure that video is used as a force for good. Welcome, Alex. How's it going, man? Oh, man, just another sunny day in California. Where are you uh, podcasting from? Well, I'm in sunny Florida. (laughs) So let's get into it. Why is video so good on LinkedIn? It's not just LinkedIn. It's across the board, right? So pretty much on every social platform, video, it just works better. Um, And the reason that I think for that is it's kind of psychological. It's just it's the fastest way for somebody to really see who you are. So that works across, you know, Instagram, TikTok, uh, even Twitter. You know, video is big on Twitter. Um, So it's, it's not just LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, I think what it is that people prize a lot of times is authenticity, um, being able to see the real person behind, you know, the messages or the screen name or whatever you want to call it. And video, just like now, it's easy to see who the person is, not just physically, but you're seeing all the little things that you get. Uh, you know, when you interact with somebody in person, the little mannerisms, the the facial expressions, all of that, and that makes it easier to connect. Let's talk a little bit about the content we're currently seeing on LinkedIn. There, there isn't a lot of video content right now. It's mainly posts. It's mainly static, right? So, is this a way that people can stand out? Definitely, if you're going to if you're going to post content on LinkedIn, video will quickly make you stand out. Because it's just like the rest of the world or the rest of the business world. Most people aren't doing it. People have this mental barrier when it comes to doing video. And that's one of those things that I try to get my clients and just people in general to move past. Because video is really the unlock. Because we all know it works, right? Um, we see it every day. We're, we look at video on our mobile phones. We've watched television for decades. So we all know that video works. We see it every day in our lives. But a lot of us still have mental baggage and mental blocks that make us think that only certain types of people can do it. And, I mean, you're, you got to give yourself permission. How many people are on LinkedIn? How many of those are active users? And what does that correlate into how many people are actually posting on LinkedIn? So I haven't checked the numbers recently, but the last time that I did, it was something like, over 700 million people on LinkedIn. I think it was like 750. It's probably over 800 now. And out of that number of people, only about 2% post once a week. So the second that you start posting content on LinkedIn, you're automatically in kind of an elite club. And so then if you go the extra mile or the extra inch, as one of my clients like to say, and start posting video content, well, now you're in a class of your own because, you know, you're starting to be in like the 1% of the 1% that are creating content on LinkedIn. So video, not only does it make you stand out, it means you're 
you're doing way more than a lot of other content creators. All right, so I'm convinced. <laughs> Where do we begin? One of the easiest places to begin is going to be just taking out your cell phone and creating a video that says, "Hey LinkedIn, this is me. I'm do this is my first video. I'm nervous as hell, but you know, I really want to do this cuz I for whatever reason that you want to do it. And those videos actually perform very well. Um, because once again, it's that rawness, the, that vulnerability, because people know that doing video is not easy if it's not something you're accustomed to. And on LinkedIn, something that I think a lot of people would find surprising is that that authentic realness, that vulnerability, being willing to put yourself out there, um, that allows you to connect with a lot of people because LinkedIn is still viewed as that business platform uh, where a lot of people think they have to approach it like they do the culture in their their corporate job where you got to project a certain image and you got to talk a certain way and act a certain way. When the truth is that LinkedIn has gotten very liberal in the past few years. I, I won't give you an exact number, but at least like the last two to five years, LinkedIn has gotten way more liberal and it's really kind of a choose your own adventure place. So don't think that there are hard and fast rules about what you can and what you can't do because one of the most successful uh, people on LinkedIn that I know right now is a, you know, tattooed single British mom and just the total antithesis of what you think somebody who would be successful marketing themselves on LinkedIn would be. But just in the last year during the pandemic, year, year and a half, she's managed to build a six-figure consulting and training business on LinkedIn just by being who she is. It's interesting, Alex, that you, you talk about this whole uh, these guidelines that people, uh, it, these invisible guidelines that people end up uh, creating. Um, we do a workshop for LinkedIn and we teach people how to use LinkedIn uh, for people who don't really use it. And every time without fail, there's someone who raises their hand and says, Hey, uh, I don't feel comfortable sharing that kind of information on LinkedIn. And I'm like, so don't. Great. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't do it. That's fine. That that's up to you. That's your choice. But a lot of these people are tied up with the idea that these are these guidelines that, that, that somehow there is a law book that has been written somewhere that makes LinkedIn specifically has to be business talk. It's got to be corporate. It can't have any authenticity. It can't have any rawness. It's got to be really, really uh, professional. But what is professional? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're a stripper coming to work and getting naked is professional, you know? So it professional is really just, and I'm not telling everybody to go out and be strippers, but I mean, all the do it, do you. Um, but what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is that professional is totally subjective and context-based. Like the lady I was talking about her, her name's Leah Turner. Um, and like I said, she's the total antithesis of what most people would think as a professional LinkedIn trainer would be because she, she looks like a rocker chick and, and it's fine though, because the knowledge that she has is amazing. Her personality is amazing. People love the stories that she tells and, you know, she's built this business and these amazing relationships and 
the people who who want to work with her, they don't they don't care that she's, you know, tattooed up and looks like she should be on tour or something. It's it's about the personality and who she is and her story and like the person, not just the image. I've heard you talk about macro, micro and pillar content. Can you give us quick definitions on what that is and like how that plays into our LinkedIn strategy? That's something people might have heard me talk about on the uh the social media marketing podcast with Michael Stelzner and with macro, micro and pillar content, it's, it's really just about a mindset where you can more easily start figuring out how to create your content. So just to the short definitions, cause you asked for them. So macro content um, is the kind of content that's supposed to live a long time. So for a lot of companies, this is going to be their brand videos, the commercials that go in their campaigns, advertisements, um, you know, FAQ videos, things, things that are, are supposed to stick around. Um, and those could be anywhere from 30 seconds on up. But those usually are more professional produce, professionally produced pieces, something that you would want to call somebody like me in for to help you with because there's, you know, a certain brand aesthetic or feel that you're trying to capture or, you know, there's just it, it's it's just got to be done right. You know, um, micro content is more short form content, micro, just like it says. And this is digestible things that will probably go on your social media, things that you don't plan to to be around forever. I mean, it's the internet, everything lives forever, but this isn't the super important stuff. It's important because it's part of your brand strategy, but the brand's not going to live or die on one piece of this content. Um, and a lot of your micro content can come from your pillar content. And pillar content is more long form things. So this could be lectures, webinars. Um, it could be podcasts, things like that, where you can source smaller pieces of content from the larger pieces of content in the realm of post-production. So, for instance, we're doing this podcast. It could be like whether it's, you know, 20 minutes long or an hour long or what have you. I or my team could go take that and post-produce and probably grab, I don't know, at least two pieces of micro content from it. But more likely, if we're having an hour-long conversation and we're really digging into a subject, we could probably source between five and ten videos out of this one larger video. And, and there are some people I know who are super brilliant at repurposing content who could get even more out of it. In terms of content itself, which one of these would you prioritize and how would you go about this? They're all important. Um, and But what's going to be most important to you is really going to be dependent upon your business model. If you're somebody who's like a coach or some sort of influencer or you've got like a really like internet based business where you're acquiring your customers through social media and things like that, then probably micro content is going to be the most important thing for you because you've got to feed the beast. You've got to constantly be showing up and showing your expertise, building your credibility on the different platforms where you're trying to find clients or you're trying to have clients find you. Because with social media, if you're not, if, if you're not putting out content consistently, you're invisible, right? And consistent is another one of those subjective things because for some people, five, three to five times a day is consistent. For other people, 
once a week is conv- consistent. Other people might be twice a month is consistent. It really depends on how you train your audience and what you get them to expect from you. Um, and like I said, that a lot of times will depend on what platforms you're on because something like Twitter or Instagram or or uh, what's the new one all the kids are on, TikTok. Uh, yeah, those are ones that kind of require more maintenance and upkeep. If you're not on those like at least a few times a week, you really are invisible. Whereas something like YouTube, you might train your audience to only expect a video once a week or once every couple of weeks or maybe even once a month. There are people who can post that little and still kill it. I mean, even LinkedIn. I know LinkedIn trainers who, um, just to buck the status quo, and this is one lady I'm thinking of in particular, her name's Judy Fox. Uh, We were on Clubhouse a few months ago, and she was talking about um, how she, you know, even though she's a LinkedIn trainer, this is what she does for a living, that she started posting once a month just to prove to people that she could post once a month and still get traction because you have so many people telling everybody, well, you need to post this many times and this many times. She's like... F that, do what fits you. And and so she posts like once or twice a month and she still kills it because she's Judy Fox. <laughs> so th- this is the next portion and I like to spend the rest of this episode talking about this. We we have businesses who are always saying to me, well, Alex, Julian, I don't know what kind of content to post. I don't know what kind of videos to make up. All right, so we're going to play this game, Alex, okay? And I want to uh, mention a business And I want you to talk to us about what a LinkedIn strategy or what content could look like that for a, uh, that type of business. You game, you down? Sure. All right, here we go. So criminal defense attorney. Okay. So for a criminal defense attorney, the first thing, or with anybody, this, this, this kind of thought process applies to any business, but we'll, we'll try to be specific to the law. Um, You got to think about the first, the first easiest things are what are you asked about the most, right? Because people at large are ignorant of the law. So the first series of videos that you could be making or even written content would just be posts about the most common questions that you get. Like as an attorney, there are people who are coming to you every day, new cases, new clients, and a lot of them have the same questions. So that means there's a lot more people out there with those same questions. Talk about that stuff. Um, and and those could be multiple videos, multiple articles, and you could even do those same subjects in multiple formats. So you could hit it as a, as a written post. You could hit it as a video. And then once you've done those things, well, then you could capture stills from the video and create meme posts of the best things that you said from the videos. Um, you could also cut up the, the larger video if you're doing something that's like a, a two, three minute video and maybe capture the best you know, 15 seconds and make that a LinkedIn story. Um, so right there, there's there's tons of pieces of content. Like, and actually each question that you get, um, that's one of those things that people are asking about. Each of those should be a different video, post, things like that. And you can you can reuse those over time you, because that's kind of evergreen information unless the law is something about a law changing where you can repost that content every two, three months. You know, it's really interesting. You just beat the game without even 
starting the game, you basically said, look, I, whatever business you give me, I'm going to give you a blanket answer. And here's what it is. It's basically come up with the common questions that people ask you and day by day, kind of take note of what questions are being asked, kind of what situations are being happened, what situations are happening and create content on that. Does that sound about right? Yeah, but then to get but then to kind of get more granular with it. Um so for a criminal defense attorney, there's always going to be laws changing, right? So there's going to be new statutes, there's going to be new things like that. And so some of your content could be on commentary on some of those changes. Or here's another way as a as a criminal defense attorney to to show your expertise, commentary on cases that are in the news. Uh high profile criminal cases if there if there are articles, you know, talking about what's going on in the trial, how evidence was presented, those sorts of things, give your commentary. Say what you thought the defense did wrong or the prosecution did wrong or right and say like and talk about what you would have done as an attorney if this was your case. That's a real, really good way to show your expertise and show people what you've got. Tell us, Alex, what, how would someone contact you? And like, what would someone contact you about? Um, the easiest way to contact me is, well, there are two easy ways. It's either via LinkedIn, um, because, up until recently, that's been the the platform that I'm most active on. I had to pull back a few, a little bit, the last few months because I just got so busy with client work. Um, but we've we've kind of caught up and we've added a couple team members, and so I, I got to get back on my LinkedIn train because that's my jam. Uh, so through my LinkedIn profile, and then if you just go to my website, which is iammedia.com, e y e a m m e d i a, you fill out the discovery form at the bottom, and if you want to work and it looks like a good project for us, we can work. What and what would someone contact you about? One of the most common things we do is brand videos. Uh, you know, really finding a quick and compact way to kind of encapsulate the the character, the uh, the essence of a business or a brand, and tell that story. You know, showing who they are, what they do, what makes them different, all the things that they tell you that you're supposed to do when it comes to business um, and, and and building your brand. And we managed to do that in a two to three minute video. Uh, some of the other things we do, we, we've got some, some some clients who we produce podcasts for. I have one client who has his own television show that he licenses to a cable network. We produce that. Um, and, I mean, these aren't major productions. You know, we're not working with, like, the Hollywood-sized crew now. This is, like, you know, it's, it's it's on a smaller scale. But because of the Internet and technology, you don't necessarily need the big Hollywood crew to produce that quality content. So we we help our clients with that. We help people with micro content for their social media platforms. Uh, so there's all sorts of things, all sorts of solutions that we can provide. Uh, I have a I have a. Um, what she called a financial advisor who we just recorded a course for her and we're in the middle of editing that right now. So she's going to be launching a course on how to get started investing and, you know, all sorts of things that we can help our clients with. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And um, if you're listening and you want to listen to a bonus uh, part of this episode, stick around. We're going to be talking about a LinkedIn post that did not perform well. And Alex is going to break it down. All right, so Alex, take a look at this LinkedIn post. This is a LinkedIn post that was posted about two weeks ago. 
and it did not perform well. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast and you don't know what it looks like, I'll put a, a, a link in the show notes so you can see it. Basically, it's a video of me and a speaker talking about audiences when it comes to podcasting and podcast marketing. And we go into this idea of knowing who your audience should be. And uh, I make this little nice elaborate post talking about like thinking I knew what the Facebook algorithm was about. Um, I tagged all the right people, throwing an emoji in there. And my video has a top bar call to action. It's got subtitles in it. So it's got like all these right ingredients to what would make a good video talk to us. I only got nine likes. It only had about 109 views. And that's one of my more worst performing pieces of content. So Alex, break it down for us. Why did this post not work? Okay, well, there's a couple of mechanical things uh, right off the bat that I see that might be impacting this post. So the first thing is that your video is a 16-9 aspect ratio, a widescreen aspect ratio. And so for me, that doesn't take up enough real estate on the page. Um, almost half, maybe a little bit more than half of LinkedIn users are using the platform on a mobile device, right? And so 16.9 video doesn't take up as much as your screen as a square video does or a tall video does when when uh, you're on your cell phone. So that's the first thing. Um, and then the second thing that I noticed right off the bat is you have way too many people tagged in your post. Um, and this can impact the reach of your post because there's a funny thing with the LinkedIn algorithm. It's not a funny thing, but it's, I think it's rather appropriate. And I like the way that this works is that if you tag a bunch of people in your post and those people choose not to interact with your post, the algorithm kind of looks at that as, oh, this must be spam. This person is tagging a bunch of people and none of them want to interact with this content. It must not be good. It must not be relevant to the people they're tagging. And so it kind of deprioritizes your post in the algorithm. That's probably the biggest thing that had an impact to the performance of this post is all the people that you tagged. I think I, I counted and I think it was like 14 people or something like that. That's way too many. Um, at the max... I would tag maybe two, maybe three people on a post. And that's only if you know that they are directly involved in that content and that they are, you know, you're, you're 90% sure that they're going to um, respond or interact with the, with the content. That's good to know. That's really, really good to know. So as, as in a sense, the caption itself and the content itself, you think that was appropriate? It was just kind of some um, extra items around how I did and how I executed that that caused the lack of performance. Yeah, I think um, if I remember what was actually in your video, I thought that I thought there was a little bit of a disconnect between everything that you wrote and what the actual content of the video was. Um, because I, I read the post first and then I watched the video and I was kind of like, I don't know that what you wrote and what's in the video goes together perfectly. I, I, I saw where you were going, um, but I might have chosen a different um, piece of the interview. I haven't seen the whole interview, but I, but if that's what you wanted to write, I might have chosen something that a little more closely reflected um, what you were writing. Because you kind of went you kind of went in in the writing part. You kind of you kind of went in on it, got in deep. Um, gave some good info and I would really want to have 
the video like expand on that context yeah what's interesting is uh not to defend myself on the video i think i just executed it poorly was this video and this uh i had been wanting to use it for a long time and i never got a chance to do it finally i had a time uh on a literally an airplane and i was on a flight and i was writing uh i saw that this piece of of content that i hadn't used and i'm like oh let me go see how i can use it i go and listen to it and it was something I recorded about seven months ago. Well, the strategy we're using now, seven months later, has completely changed. So the idea was to highlight that things can change just in seven months, your strategy. And it was trying to highlight the idea that you need to always be pivoting. And so maybe what I could have done is actually made a video just speaking about that, not talking about the old strategy, because that's what I have here. I have a video that talks about this old strategy, and in the caption, I talk about the new strategy. So what I think what you're saying is I should have, if I wanted to write that caption, right, leave the caption the way it is, and then do a video that complements that instead of having the video be the old thing. Uh, this video basically at this point would have just been not usable because it's old information that I can't, that I'm not talking about anymore. Yeah, that ma that makes sense to me. All right. Well, thanks guys for, for listening to this bonus part of this episode. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, Alex, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to having backing you soon. All right, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.